Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. All right, 704 and a brand new hour of the starting lineup. At Will West, WNML, at Tyler Ivins, and at TSL 991. <laughs> Did you stay up late last night? Did you catch yourself a little Louisiana showdown between Florida State and the LSU Tigers? That's how we get things started with your t- uh, Monday morning Labor Day buzz. Here, And we get started down in New Orleans there at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Final score, Florida State 24. LSU 23, Will West, this was a game that was all but dead and buried. No chance that you were going to see LSU get back into the contest until until the second half occurred. You actually had 20 points scored by LSU. They needed 21 to force <coughs> overtime. I uh, call it drunk, call it stupid, call it ridiculous. A game like that needed overtime, and Florida State said, nah, ain't going to let that happen. Yeah, look, so let me ask you this. At the end, uh, two fumbles on punt returns. We're seeing that on ESPN right now. Like the special teams did not go well for mm. LSU. That last play that set up the final score for LSU. Beautiful. There's a tight end that's running crossing route, coming across, uh, catches the ball. Was his knee not down before he got out of bounds with one second left? I right. mean, the clock still <clears throat> stops either way, but did they not give him? Like it was Again, I was watching AEW also at the time. So did they not? You're referring to the play before the touchdown. Yeah, I'm yeah sorry. the play before the touchdown. Got it. Knees down. Right. Yes, the clock stops. There should be. A, so, and they announced when he goes to the line of scrimmage, they're going to have a chance to take a snap and a play. But yeah, they yeah. need him on top of the ball. Yeah, yes, yes. So, what, what happened when but they got on top second. of the ball? Florida State then used a timeout, which then stopped and allowed everybody okay. to reset. So, so, that's what, okay. I, the ref I, saved him, though. The ref went to review that. Okay, yeah. so when they went to review that, that's what gave LSU essentially yeah. a timeout, and they were already on the ball ready to snap as soon as they blew. So, when they hear the whistle, that's essentially the hut. And then when they went to the line of scrimmage, knowing as soon as you hear the whistle, snap it, Florida State then called a timeout when they got to look at what they were doing, which then reset everything. If you look at LSU, they've got a lot to clean up, and that is not an easy schedule. I mean, fortunately for them, they play Mississippi State, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M for the rest of the season. Brian Kelly has his work cut out for them. Definitely has his work cut out for him there. What's LSU's record at the end of the year? In that division, they are eight and four, seven, eight, and they're seven and five. I think they're seven and Cause five. Because well. uh, you get a question one another. You get at least four more losses, if not five more losses. Man, I think six and six is more likely game. than eight and four. It's the Tennessee game. Whether they're six and six or seven and five, or a seven and five seven or eight, five, and four. eight and four. That's where I'm at on it. Major League Baseball last night, Aaron Judge, home run number 53. Again, 62 is still the, uh, that is still the AL record. Yankees beat the Rays 2-1, to one, avoid a sweep in that one. Cardinals top the Cubs 2 to nothing. Albert Pujols, home run number 695. Braves won their fifth straight, knocked off the Marlins 7-1. to one. Let's go back to those first two scores. Which is more, either, neither, or both. Pujols hit 700, Judge hit 62. 
neither happens, both happens. Uh, more likely to happen, Pujols only needs five. And he's going to keep getting in that lineup. Why? Because the more and more St. Louis distance themselves in the NL Central, the more that you can leave Pujols in that sixth spot or five spot behind Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. So, and no offense, if he's going to keep hitting the ball like this, you you might want to keep him in the lineup and get Paul Goldschmidt protection so he can maybe chase down Kyle Schwarber in a triple crown. So there's a lot of luxuries right now happening in St. Louis. I say it's more likely Pujols does it than... Judge does it because eventually teams are going to realize, wait a second, the Yankees are winning games two to one only on Judge's bat, and they just lost Ben Attendi, who's their table setter. He's going to have to have hand bone surgery. There will be some teams that go, I don't care if we lose this dang game one to nothing. That guy wearing 99 ain't beating us, and they're going to start pitching around him. So I'm going to say more likely pull holes than Judge, but likely they'll probably both do it. Have you guys seen the Pittsburgh-Tennessee line? I have not. What it we got? opened at three in the spring. You know you can get those early, big kind of conference, non-conference game lines early, and you can touch the number. It opened at three in the spring, this revenge game that's being played home and home. Right now, this morning, it's six and a half points, Will West. Is that a good number for you? Should it be higher, low? Let's, what I, think I like it should to be refer way to, higher. you keep saying off the air, Goldilocks, is this Baby Bear's porridge? What's too high, too low? What's I, just right? I Look, I think that this... I think I think it's still low. I think Tennessee's going to beat them by three scores. It's under a touchdown, and it's still too low. Yeah, I, wow. I think it's, it should be. I Why think are you Tennessee is going to win, beat them by three scores. So look at look at Will and say what. I just chest, don't then. think Tennessee. Is, so listen, offensively, yes, it is a horrible, horrible matchup for Pat Narduzzi, who's just been a complete moron all off season, just victim mentality all yes. off season. But that's still a lot of points. Tennessee's not that good yet. Uh, it's just an issue of I don't th- I think I think maybe again maybe West Virginia is a lot better but it, I mean didn't West Virginia also finish like somewhere in the nineties when it came to total defense uh, last yeah. year and they couldn't do a whole lot against them they couldn't get a push Tennessee's better up front than West Virginia is I I, I think Tennessee's going to kill them I do I think Tennessee's going to absolutely crush them and so I think this is going to be a thirty eight twenty one game something in that neighborhood or forty two to twenty one game if they can get twenty I, look I. And again, it's not about. I need a rebound game after LSU can't hit an is, extra point last this night. This is one of the reasons I keep talking about Tennessee having a good year this year. It's not about Tennessee, yep. it's about everybody else. Yep. Spencer Rattler's never been good. Kentucky's replacing their offensive line, and that's the only thing they rely on is that offensive line in the running game. And Pitt is going back to Narduzzi Bowl, and that means that they're not very good. Sure. Tennessee's going to blow them out. Finally, NASCAR, Eric Jones picks up his first cup win in about eight years there. He wins at Darlington yesterday. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, Christopher Bell. That's your top five at Darlington. I'm thinking about jumping on this adjusted line now that Will West keeps putting Look, my Look, here's ear. what I'm saying. If you put 25 bucks on it, when you win, you take the misses out for a steak dinner. Will? Bowling Green UCLA treated me to a lot of Amazon purchases. There you go. And then the sunset. And then games like, you know, LSU. Games like, you know, um, help me, Boise State. <laughs> Let's just say things started beautifully. I'm talking like B-E-A-utifully, Jim Carrey character. And it's gone straight to you know where the last, I don't know, 36 hours. It did not go well is what you're saying? Uh, Boise State did nothing in Corvallis, and we saw what happened last night in the dome between LSU and Florida State. All right, 7-11. Eric Kane, you remember that guy, right? He's joining us coming up near the end of the I hour. Don't, actually. It's going to be a fall practice report with our boy Eric Kane. Pulls by Heritage still showing him some love, despite the fact he doesn't want to love us anymore. Not only that, five burning questions and... 
we got ourselves a loaded wagon when it comes to taking a peek at Tennessee's future opponents. How'd they do in their opening showcase? We'll tell you all before 8 a.m. here on the starting lineup. 99.1, the sports animal. Tyler Will, good morning. Last night in college football, Florida State down LSU 24-23 New Orleans. LSU drove 99 yards in the fourth quarter to score with no time left on the clock. But then Florida State blocked the point after. And NASCAR Eric Jones took home the checkered flag of Cup Series racing at Darlington. Denny Hamlin in second. Tyler Reddick finished in third. And in baseball, the Braves took down the Marlins 5-1. The Cardinals down the Cubs 2-0. Rockies in the Reds swept a doubleheader. And the Yankees down the Rays 2-1. It's 7-12. Recapping week one in college football. It's coming up next. Good morning. I'm Logan Ward. What did we learn over the college football weekend? Can somebody explain that more to me? 656-9900. 1-866-656-9900. What I mean by that is, Will West, I don't want to overreact to Georgia just absolutely just baking all over Oregon. I don't want to overreact to Alabama and Bryce Young shattering Joe Burrow's record for touchdowns and offensive production in a Heisman season. Will West, I'm not going to get too low on Ohio State because Notre Dame's defense looked to be good. And to be frank... Utah, you still win the Pac-12, but perhaps maybe we judged Florida a little early before we actually saw them get into it. What one of those highlights or ones we haven't mentioned are you all over? Let's start with that Florida game, that Florida-Utah game. Because Florida, I thought they did things that were, there, there were things that Florida did that were impressive. That was just a game of, a lot of times we oversimplify things around the SEC and I have family members that do that as well. Oh, they just don't have speed. And I'm like, well, Ohio State is, has the same. They're putting guys in the NFL, right? Yep. Or Oklahoma's putting guys in the NFL. Clemson's putting guys in the NFL. Speed didn't matter. It isn't an issue. Right. That was an issue. Like for Florida versus Utah, one team had athletes, one team didn't. Sure. I also thought, so I, I kept seeing people like, wow, look how great Florida is. Maybe, you know, I mean, people are counting that, that Florida game a little early. And it may be because Florida does have athletes. I just kept like if what is the difference in the narrative of Florida wins that game by three. If you kick the extra point in the second quarter, you kick the field goal in the third quarter. I mean, if some butts candy nuts, everybody's like, oh, Florida lost. But that was a pretty solid showing. It's just that's how quick the narrative changes. And the only thing that the difference was your coach took points versus he didn't take points. Florida's going to be fine long term with Napier. I think Florida's going to be elite long term with Napier. Uh, I just think this year they're going to be a tough out that is scrappy. Maybe just a scotch ahead of where Tennessee was last year. I think that's what Florida's going to be this year. But the difference in that game, if you watched it, was I mean, every play Utah had a defender where the defender needed to be just about. And Florida just had better athletes and they went and made a play. And so that that was just the difference in the game. So what, what we know about Florida is they got playmakers, they got players, they're buying into what Napier's doing, they're fighting up front. Ventrell Miller reads everything perfectly every time, but he misses sometimes. But there, there are concerns there because that is that is a Utah team that does not have a whole lot of athleticism. This is going to sound like me, you know, sour grapes here. Can you answer a question for me? That opening drive by Utah to start the second half, he got in on third down. And let's say he didn't get in. Let's say he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think he got in. You got maybe to, he did. You, okay, so we're questioning this right now this morning, right? Review the play. Yeah. I assume they did, though, and it's just a matter of they Review. didn't. I mean, they didn't stop the game. No, they, no, they, they they placed the ball, lined it right back up. Now, maybe Utah saw an angle where they're like, we don't need to even argue here. And maybe that's the case. But we're in such a world today of assumptions, or we just sit back and go, well, we think they did their due diligence. Yeah. 
Like, I, and then, you know, you go back to the fourth down play. Did he drop the ball? Was he short? Maybe he was. I'll give it that on fourth down. But man, oh man, like I just, I want to ask myself, if it was Florida or if it was the school, of the blind and deaf plane. Review that. Review that. But again, we don't know if Kyle Willingham got something in his earpiece that said, hey, no, he's short. Get up. Get or to the line of scrimmage. Thought he was going to get it. Like, because you, I mean, and I understand. Look, for me, I thought as soon as that happened, I was like, kick the field goal. What are you doing? Like, but See, I, I didn't have honest, a problem with the call. I didn't have a problem with the call. I didn't either because you Utah went on the five inch line. Well, you, you ran for Utah 100 yards. Went, exactly. Utah quarter. went straight down the field that drive, running the ball. I, I just, you you already blew going for two once. You take, and to me, and cl- like, I just look at football as right now, and maybe this is just too much analytics in my mind. Yeah. You take all the points you can get, you get as many points as possible. That's football in 2022. Yeah. So when you had the extra point in the second half, no, don't go for two to try to make the score. Don't be stupid. Just, just kick the, it's like time, trying to time the stock market. I felt like it was trying to do that. You're tra- you're trying to time the start market in the second quarter. You're right. trying to time what the score is going to be later. And I understand your concern because you're trading field goals for touchdowns, uh, and you're in the red zone repeatedly, and you're getting field goals out of it, and you right. should be up a whole lot more. I get why his frustration was there. I just my thought immediately when he, when they went for two in the second quarter was kick the extra point, doofus. Get, go accumulate as many points Especially as possible on the road. Yeah. and expect to win. And and then that's that's what's going at the end. Let's see where it all plays out, especially in a close game. So Are you okay with him going? Okay, so the gambler in, in Kyle Winningham. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I didn't have a problem with Winningham being like putting his, you know, what's the cojones on the table and going cutthroat. Go for it. Cutthroat. Cutthroat. I, look, I mean, I'll just say this. If I was a fan, I would have said do that. I just, from a football strategy standpoint, oh, you always go accumulate as many points as possible. Always go with the In points. a close game. If I think that it's going to be a blowout or I'm a, I'm a, I look at this saying I can't keep holding them, right. then you go, that's when you go for two. Or if it's the first drive of the game, that's when you go for two or you go for it on fourth down. But once you you know in the second, third quarter, you're in a close game, to your point, both of you are making the, the right point there. You ran right down their throat, right? You ran absolutely down their throat. And that running back went down way too easy. You know what I mean? Like he did on that fourth down play. And you're, he may have gotten the end zone. I just didn't. It wasn't anything that struck my eye to make me think that that happened. Yeah. But I will say this. Florida... Florida's going to be good. And they may not be this year, and it may not be now. I still don't know that I think they're better than 7-5 and five this season. But they've got athletes, and they have buy-in, and Napier is going to have them doing a lot of good things. Can they block? Can they tackle? Those are going to be the things. Ventrell Miller, you know, everybody else gets fooled. Ventrell Miller doesn't, but then he can't make a play, right? So does he start making those plays? Those are the things that I'm looking at for Florida moving forward that I just wonder about them. Let's see what happens in this Kentucky game this week. That's going to be a huge swing game for those two teams. Because Florida looked a little better than I thought they were going to. Kentucky looked a little worse than I thought they were going to. Mr. Rodriguez isn't going to be in the backfield for Kentucky this weekend, and I think that's a huge loss for the Cats. Well, and the offensive line, as you've already mentioned, needing to do a little repair and restore. That's my concern, is Rodriguez can be back there, but it's Saquon Barkley, right? If you get yeah. hit in the backfield, who cares who it is? Unless it's Walter Payton, nobody else in the history of football has ever been able to do that. Or Barry Sanders, those are the only two. Number four team goes tonight, Clemson. Better than two touchdown favorite against Georgia Tech. <clears throat> Let's talk about the top three teams before we hit the reset. Let's do it. Bama number one, the storyline there. Bryce Young against a bad Utah State team, but Bryce Young, he could have been taken on anybody out there. He looked very efficient. I know we talk about we'll never see a back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner, but my man, right now they're already talking about him right now being that guy who could potentially not only repeat, but top what Joe Burrow did just two seasons ago, yeah, three seasons ago. It, that that was a very nice performance for Alabama. They did what they needed to do, right? It was what about the running portion for Bryce Young? That was the portion, I think, for me that I did not. I know it was one big run that did that, but then there were some other. I mean, he had one sixty-three yard run. 
But he saw four rushes for 37 yards outside of that. Bryce so, Young, 20 yards on the ground on average in yeah, that win against Utah State. It, that, so that was the thing that, that they ran the ball at will on them. Yep. It was a solid passing performance, I thought, from him, but they ran the ball at will on them. I did keep looking at that, like, as I'm watching the Utah State game, uh, how many times did you leave Will Anderson unblocked on the uh, read option play? And they always had a second blocker. They, they would pull yeah. a guard around. And so you would have one guy on that side and you would leave the defensive end or the edge unblocked. It's Will Anderson. Uh, you know what he's going to do? He's going to run the backfield and destroy your running back. And he just kept doing it. And like, I likely the best player in college football, leave him uncontested. Let's see how that works out. Just dumb. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, so that was a bit of a mismatch there. Number two, Ohio State. C.J. Stroud doesn't light things up like postgame fireworks, but maybe, what, maybe number five Notre Dame's defense is uh, something that's very popular these days. Let's not go so far as I see some people doing writing off saying, well, this is over. Ohio State shouldn't have been involved in the national title conversation. The one game knee jerk. Yeah, it's let's not be one game knee jerk, but here are the questions that I have. You got beat by Michigan last year because you're not physical up front yep. and your wide receivers got, got bullied by by physical corners. Same thing happened in this game. You couldn't get a ton of a push against uh, um, your defensive front, got pushed around a little bit up front, and it did stiffen up middle of the third quarter on, but your wide receivers struggled to get off of physical coverage. And so that's a little bit concerning for me, and you just lost your best wide receiver for the next two games as well. So that's concerning. I tell you what, though, that game was very, very boring. It was hard to watch. Seven for seven, their first seven drives, number three, Georgia. The only time they actually had to change possessions was late in the fourth quarter when they had already changed quarterbacks. Georgia right now looks like a well-oiled machine. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Stetson Bennett, Will West, he finishes with a quarterback rating just short of 100. He was 25 of 31, 368 through the air. Oh, boy, if this offense is taking the next step. Well, if Georgia's had better players than everybody else for the last half decade. Yep. They've had the number one recruiting class every single every year but one of the last seven, I believe. And but the the difference is this: you can win titles, but Kirby's been willing to go eleven and one, win in his way, right? Then to go twelve and zero, win in you know modern football way. Last year he got him a national title. This year though, if you saw it, they struggled to run the football, and that's Dan. Let's see how good Dan Lenning's defense really is. But they struggled to run the football against Oregon. Man, they threw it all over the yard. And if they are a team that's going to sixty forty pass run split. George is going to be terrifying, and they could absolutely win the title this uh, year. Oregon fans, stat that you need to take home and chew on. Games where Bo Nix throws multiple interceptions in his career, Bo Nix teams are one and four in those games, which you should be if you're at least minus two in the turnover category against any team, not just a great defense like the Georgia Bulldogs. 728. Five burning questions. Eric Kane's got a practice report to get you caught up on what's happening with Tennessee in preparations for their first Saturday showcase. That's happening up in the state of Pennsylvania as they're going to be taking on Pittsburgh and that return of that home and home series that began last year. 99.1, the sports animal. Logan Ward's got your update. What did we learn about Tennessee's opponents over the weekend? And I'm not just talking about the Alabamas or the Georgias of the world. But, Will, was there an underestimation on Anthony Richardson? Do we still know Spencer Rattler isn't that good? And what's Kentucky without a solid running game and offensive line if you're Will Levis? Took him a minute to separate themselves from Miami of Ohio. 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. And I didn't even bring up the Vanderbilts or some of the other teams of the world. Maybe we should get started with the Pittsburgh conversation, but simply put, so far, everybody who's on Tennessee's schedule, they had, in some way, shape, or form, an okay type of season, or okay type of opener. We'll get to that coming up in the next 13 minutes here on the starting lineup. 99.1, the sports animal. Uh, 
I think I'm trying to delay the inevitable here because I'm just not in a good. I'm not in a good position here on Labor Day. You're wanting to do five burning questions, but I have a feeling today I'm off my game, and I just don't want to get buried like Oregon going to Georgia because I know the butt whooping's coming. Ninety-nine point one, the sports animal. Fire the bell. Let's get this butt whooping over with. Alrighty, boys. Without further ado, which team impressed you? Get off already, go. <laughs> which team impressed you the most this weekend? I'm gonna keep banging the drum, dude. It, it Oregon came across the country with your former defensive coordinator to kick a field goal. It was a butt whooping and a half. That game could have gone over the total of 52 if it wanted to, but Georgia, pun intended, called off the dogs. Yeah, I could say I could have said Florida, Utah will, but again, top ten team. Got their butt handed to him by the dogs. I, look, I I expected Georgia to blow out Oregon, especially new coach, things like that. I did not expect them to throw the football. That was impressive for Georgia to throw the football as much as they did. It is Florida for me. I that's a nice win. Look, you got some things that aren't squared away, but you can go win some games just by using your athleticism and making play dudes making plays even while you're waiting to get some things figured out. I don't think they're great on the offensive line. I don't think they're great on the defensive line. They have that 400 pounder gets shoved around way too much up front, <laughs> uh. but. Florida to still, even with the problems they have, get a nice win against a top 10 team. Tip the cap to Florida there. Four bills. 400 pounds, and that dude gets shoved around all the Four time. Four bills. number make, 21, too. But then he, I know. Then he makes a <laughs> the play, best part. But then he makes like two plays in a row. And you're like, what? So, I mean, sometimes, though, bigger guys like that, they're, the motor's not always high. You know what I'm saying? Which team was the biggest disappointment from over the weekend? <sighs> I think it is Utah. Yeah, I think you that's blew, exactly you, who you it is. You blew that. You blew that. That game was sitting there. I mean, you Toe take side. points when you get the chance to take points. Also, I mean, Cam Rising just had an interception. That was a bad read, but and he and he made a similar bad read on the drive before. If you made the remember that should have been an interception. No, same uh, drive. That was that was it earlier in the same, same drive. drive? Yeah, yeah with well, their linebacker should have caught four, it four plays before. Hit him dead in the hands. So that was one uh, honorable mention to NC State sucking as well. Uh, it is Utah. Look, I, I had them in the college football playoff. I had Utah going undefeated. I had Utah. Telling Billy Napier, welcome to Florida. I hope it doesn't hit you on the way out in three years. Look, Billy Napier, we've told you, is a good coach. I just thought it'd take a little bit longer. And perhaps maybe Utah isn't as good as we thought they were. I think it's more of the former. I think Cam Rice is a good quarterback. I think Utah's defense is solid. But you can't go down to the swamp and leave points on the board. You just can't do it. And that came back to bite him in that loss. It's it's also tough when you just don't have athletes. Like, there's just a different level of athleticism between Utah's team and you know elite SEC uh, teams. Yep. Today is Patriots quarterback Mac Jones' 24th birthday. Will Jones be a legitimate franchise quarterback for the Patriots? No, he's not. I think Bill's got maybe less than two, three seasons left for him in New England, and he's going to rely on Mac Jones to try to get this team to win another championship. It's not going to happen. There's a reason why their win total is floating around seven and a half, eight wins this year. I, I just, I'm not buying New England. Their defense will be legit and will keep them in games. Offensively, this will be a snooze fest from the moment they flip the coin. I I think he had a shot. I do. I think if McDaniel was still there, I think that he could have been a franchise. Is he elite? No, but middle of the pack. Matt I think he could have been that. Patricia and Joe Judge. You Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are running that offense. They've called exactly as many NFL plays as I have. Uh, they're gonna and and look at the way it works with rookie quarterbacks these days. Because of the way the rookie deal works and that fifth year option you have to pick up, or you got to pay him over twenty million dollars. You have four years to be good. In year number two, it's about to fail. That means two more years that you got to develop as a quarterback. I don't think it's going to happen. Today is former Georgia coach Vince Dooley's 90th birthday. Was Derek Dooley the worst hire ever made by Tennessee's athletic department? It's going to come down to this question. Here it goes. It was the most obviously bad hire. I think the worst hire is Dave Hart. 
I do. I think that because everything that happened there, let's get rid of the Lady Vol logo and all of that stuff. Let's uh, it just I mean, Butch and the way the coaching change hires went down and stuff like that. Just stupid, stupid, stupid decision on top of stupid decision. Running off a basketball coach coming off of a Sweet 16 because you wanted to give him a one million dollar buyout on an extension. Dave Hart's the worst hire in Tennessee history. I'm literally right now like a Mortal Kombat character going to take the soul out of my co-host and bring him here on the table. He was on this station with his former co-host saying, you can't hire Derek Dooley. He's got six wins. You can't hire Derek Dooley. You can't hire Derek Dooley. They're not going to hire Derek Dooley. I don't know why we're talking about this. Only an idiot would do this. He he went four and eight. And then Jimmy Himes said, ring, 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 ring. Put me on the air with Josh and Will. Uh, Will, by the way, it's going to be Derek Dooley. <laughs> I need that audio so bad. It's going to be Derek Dooley. He went through an entire recruiting class without an offensive lineman. It's Derek Dooley. Yes, the answer's Derek Dooley. All right, you guys, last one. One week into the college football season, which four teams are making the college football playoff? Give me Bama. Give me Ohio State. Give me Georgia. Throw a Pac-12 team in there. I put a red line through Utah. Ready for this one? You ready for this one? Clemson. Okay. <laughs> Nothing's changing for me. It's still give me. I the only thing that changes is the order. I think that it's Bama one. I think Georgia two. Even though Bama beats them in the SEC title game, because uh, I think that Ohio State will also have a loss somewhere along the way, and Ohio State's three. And give give me Oklahoma four. Still, I saw nothing that that makes me think Oklahoma can't won't end up being the fourth team that's there. Oh, God. All right, he will. It's just, I told you. Sometimes you know you're facing the Undertaker on SmackDown. Just go in there and take your butt whooping and then go back to the locker room. Do I even want to know how he got the W? I yep. would say the Dave Hart thing, yeah, definitely got in the dog. Yeah, dude, that that stuff with the Lady Vol logo and getting rid of that yeah, portion stupid. of it was the stupidest thing I've ever now, seen. Now, if people the question do. was hire ever made for a Tennessee football, it's yes. clearly Derek Dooley. But yes. in terms of the whole, you know, enchilada over there, <laughs> the, top the, down I Dave Hart. I, I get like he and, and I understand like the argument for why he did some of the things that he did like it was that the, the thing with Conzo like and I'm not saying that from a cultural fit perspective Conzo was never going to run like exciting basketball and people wanted exciting basketball at the time sure um, the idea that you go to the Sweet 16 the guy turns down going to Marquette and you're going to work out and you make this announcement that we're going to work this out he's going to get an extension and you won't come off more than a million dollars there's no coach right now signing any extension that says a million dollars. And, and buyouts in college basketball and college football are stupid. And somebody needs to do it. But he decided to make that his hill to die on. And it just blew up in his face. Then you hire Donnie Tyndall and it becomes scorched earth. Then you run off good people in the athletics department because they catch Donnie red-handed. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't Donnie. It was one of his guys. They caught one of his guys red-handed. And she ran off good people. They ran off so many good people in the athletics department during Dave's tenure. People who were great at their jobs. And we still have some people over there that are doing great work now that, right. that have been around for a while. But about half of the really good people at Tennessee during Dave's tenure got ran off for doing their jobs right. And that's why I say that. Will West. Tyler Ivins. How about that update? Logan Ward, don't be jealous. But an old friend of ours is going to be joining us next. Eric Kane. It's been a minute since he's been on this program. But I know Kaner's going to be sharing with us his thoughts. Monday, Labor Day practice, and the look ahead to Pittsburgh next. 99.1. You're listening to the Sports Animal. 
In college football last night, Florida State down to LSU 24-23 in New Orleans. LSU drove 99 yards to score with no time left on the clock, but Florida State blocked the point after. And NASCAR Eric Jones took home a checkered flag of Cup Series racing in Darlington. Denny Hamlin came in second. Tyler Reddick finished in third. In Major League Baseball, the Braves down the Marlins 7-1. The Cardinals took down the Cubs 2-0. Rockies and the Reds swept a doubleheader. Yankees down the Rays 2-1. It's 7.43. Eric Kane gives us a UT football practice report coming up next on TSL. Good morning. I'm Logan Ward. It's so weird. Okay, wait a second. It's 7.49. Starting lineup, we welcome you back for your Labor Day Monday. I hear the music, but I looked at the glass and I don't see them. Usually this is like this is like every superhero needs their theme music. Is this the theme music for one Eric Kane? But I don't see Eric Kane. Eric Kane, are you speaking from like uh, the, the the ceiling above or like what's going on here? Good morning. What's up, boys? I'm this in an undisclosed location here this morning. I thought we got rid of you. What are you like? What are you even doing on this broadcast? You, you can only wish. You can't. You can't completely get rid of me. You're okay? right. That means I can't get rid of the, one of the greatest entrances that we have on all of our programming here on Sports Radio WNML. Eric Kane, good morning for you. What's up, man? Everything well with you? How what's going on for practice sport down there at uh, on campus at UT? Yeah, boys, things are going well, and of course Tennessee they wrap things up with the season opening action on Thursday. So. The Vols are able to get some time off, but also get a head start on Pittsburgh. The Vols, of course, will be at Pitt Saturday for a 3.30 kickoff. Pittsburgh coach Pat Narduzzi joined the nation last night and knows Tennessee's tempo will be an issue. Here's Pat Narduzzi. They are faster than anybody in the country. 75% of their snaps last week. Put this way, this is how much faster they are. And again, you look at, I think Hooker was in for 61 plays and you know, 75% of their offense this year, they're snapping the ball under 14 seconds. Uh, so last year in, in the breakdowns we had, uh, I think 56% of their offense uh, or offensive plays were within 14 seconds or less. So, you know, they're, they're you know, they, they've added a lot more plays. You know, the kids are comfortable in their offense. They know what they're doing. They can go faster. Uh, so we're just going to see a faster tempo, you know, uh, the entire game now. Again, that was Pittsburgh head coach Pat Narduzzi on The Nation last night. Josh Heupel is going to hold his weekly Monday press conference today at 1215, and uh, we're going to carry that right here on The Sports Animal. This UT football practice report is brought to you by Pools by Heritage. Beat the spring rush. Get your pool started now. From design to construction to maintenance, one call can do it all. Call Pools by Heritage at 947-7527. All right, Eric Kane. Did Pat Narduzzi say anything else noteworthy? I mean, was he pleased with his team's performance against West Virginia? Last time we heard anything from Pat Narduzzi, he's essentially telling ESPN to cuff off. And then Scott Van Pelt's got a live on television going, I, I don't know what to say yeah, or do this here. Guy, did, yeah, did he, <clears throat> who did he act like he was a victim to this time? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he said, uh, you, they asked him a question, did you learn much about your team? And he said, you know, I'll tell you more. I'll tell you more after Tennessee. I, I will say this, you you know how your team's going to respond. We were putting a, we were putting some tough spots and, uh, you know, we, we, we had adversity with we our backs up against the wall and they fought. And so I like that and all that. But he said, overall, you know, I'm not pleased. I, I was not dancing in the locker room. I was not happy. Uh, I, I'm not pleased with the way that we play football. He's mad because his defense gave up 31 points. He says As he should be. 
yeah, he, he said that uh, you know we, we we didn't we didn't run up, we didn't fit the run very well. That was not a typical pit def- uh, defensive effort against the run. I'm not happy about that. So typical defensive coordinator acting as head coach, upset because his defense gave up 31 points. Not pleased with getting the win. So he he seemed appreciative, I guess, to be one and zero and not zero and one, but not a very happy camper. It seemed like Pat Narduzzi. Uh, in that regard, but he, he knows Tennessee's going to be a challenge. Really high on Hendon Hooker, really high on the tempo, as you just heard right there, and, and knowing that Tennessee's going to uh, be an absolute challenge for him on Saturday. All right, so pro football focus. Have you gone through their grades? Was anybody for Tennessee that graded out pretty well from the Ball State game? Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple guys. Hendon Hooker led the way uh, overall with an 80.1 uh, grade, which is really, really good, and 59 total snaps, even though I thought that he was a little. Um, inaccurate throwing the football at times. He still kind of led the way there. The two running backs, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, were high up there and did very well. Gerald Mincy, the left tackle, he graded out at a 70%, which is a pretty solid grade per pro football focus. You look over on the defensive side, this is really encouraging. You know, we mentioned, and I mean, if you watch the football game, it's hard not to see him. I thought Aaron Beasley had about 14 tackles in the first quarter. Uh, He had the (laughs) second highest grade on defense at 78.2, which is really encouraging. A really good tackling grade as well. Kamal Haddon led the way for Tennessee at 83.4. Now, again, you know, pro football focus grades aren't everything, but it's not nothing. It kind of breaks it down, gives you the total snap count, tells you the strengths and weaknesses about where each player kind of played throughout the throughout the ball game. But the fact that Aaron Beasley was high up there, I think that's uh, only only a good thing for Tennessee and Tennessee's linebackers is uh, you're going to need depth as always when you whenever you go throughout the season. All right, you you've already looked at the tape. Your football guy, the film says what? What were your takeaways? Were there standouts? What did you get in that replay of four quarters against Ball State? I uh, just uh, again, it was Tennessee doing exactly what it was supposed to do. I thought Tennessee was pretty vanilla. They didn't do a whole lot defensively. Didn't get a sack, and that that's uh, that, that's not encouraging. Only had two TFLs. I understand Ball State was getting the football out a little bit, but also, I mean, Tennessee brought pressure, but uh, it was it was very bland pressure. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot. They didn't dial it up. They didn't play games up front. Um, it was very vanilla, and Tennessee was still able just to go out there and do exactly what it was supposed to do. But uh, nonetheless, I thought it was good to good to see. Um, I mentioned Aaron Beasley. I thought Joshua Joseph stood out, the, the true freshman off the edge. Deshaun Terry in the middle, Kamal Haddon, of course. Run game was good with Small and Wright, Hooker, Tillman, McCoy. They looked really well. Andre Turrentine, a guy that jumped off the page special teams-wise, looked like he had a couple of tackles on kickoff. And then I, I thought, I don't think the left tackle job, guys, was won on Thursday. But I do think Gerald Mincy and J.J. Crawford. And it's not like Crawford played bad. But I thought Gerald Mincy had a pretty good ball game. I don't know if you guys noticed that, the big 54 yeah. uh, run around there from the left tackle. I thought he had some really nice kickout blocks going across the line of scrimmage, was able to spring some runs. So anyway, upon review, going back and watching it, Tennessee doing exactly what it's supposed to do, uh, building confidence now. And, of course, the, the challenge is going to be a little bit greater with Pitt coming up. I'm glad you brought up Turrentine, the Ohio State transfer, because immediately when uh, I wasn't going to immediately say that he was a huge get when he transferred to Tennessee just because he had Ohio State tied to his name. But I was intrigued throughout the offseason where he would find a place on this team. And, and clearly he's going to make the most of it on special teams until he gets a larger call. Eric K., what is this noise, dude? Usually we do practice reports at 7.15. Now you're pushing it to 7.55. Wakey, wakey with us still. Look. We knew you were leaving, but we knew you wouldn't go too far, my man. We miss you already. Every day, baby. I'll be right here with every, you guys. Every day. What is this? This is like Fast and the Furious. You just, you know, just always going to be with us in our hearts. Goodness gracious, Eric K. Fa- family. I knew you were going to hit us with family out the door. All right, Kenny. <laughs>
We appreciate it. He's got his super technology going through the board, doing broadcast quality things. Do you want to play the game? How would you like the opportunity to spin the wheel and score right out of the gate on your Labor Day Monday? Because we do it next here on 99.1. You're listening to the Sports Animal. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.